0: to you by Camel, the cigarette that's first in the service. Camels stay fresh, cool smoking, and slow burning because they're packed to go around the world. If you like high adventure, come with me. If you like the stealth of intrigue, come with me.
1: If you like blood and thunder, come with me.
2: From Los Angeles, California. This is LAAF. This is another uh, episode of LAAF. I believe this is LAAF number seven. Uh, I am joined today by some uh, auspicious guests. This, <clears throat> great timing. This is Pander Sarah. Pander Sarah's on SoundCloud. Um, They are an awesome band. You can check them out over there. We are also on SoundCloud. Look us up, Synthetic Unlimited. Uh, Listen to all of our stuff. We'll be talking about it later. Right now, what I want to get to is my guests. uh, Because uh, um, I did get a tract in my door today uh, from the Jehovah's Witnesses. They come by every other day. The Jehovah's Witnesses, and uh, this one says, are you good enough? Which is awesome, because I I already didn't think I was. You know, I was already having problems with this whole am I good enough thing. So thank you, Jehovah's Witnesses. Oh, hey, Jehovah's Witnesses, why don't you cruise by tomorrow and drop off a flyer that says, is your dick too small? Um, or can you please your wife anymore? Or... Um, Anyways, welcome to LAAF, it's great to have you, I appreciate you being here, Um, uh, we are on Patreon, just LAAF on Patreon, if you want to fling us a dollar, Um, we really appreciate those people who have done so so far, Uh, you know, the more regularly I do the show, the more you guys kind of perk up and give me a dollar, which is fucking awesome, Uh, and it really makes the show worthwhile and worth doing, just to get that (laughs) one (laughs) dollar, Um, but in the house today with me, um, are, uh, some of my friends who I made when I first moved into this town. Uh, some of the first projects I did, uh, were with these fellas, uh, the, uh, the writers of the action film, one of my favorite action films, uh, Jason Statham and Jet Li in War. Um, uh, if you have not watched that film yet and you are an action fan, you are going to want to hit it up. Um, because it's one of the classics. And uh, great performances all around, fantastic story, super fast-moving, great for multiple watches. Uh, I love this movie, and I love these guys. Uh, And when I moved into this town, I started working on a project that we're going to talk about extensively uh, called Noir. And uh, I'm going to let you guys take it away, because I'm welcoming to the pod uh, Gregory J. Bradley and uh, Lee Anthony Smith. Writers, directors, uh, film dudes
3: extraordinaire. One other thing that, you know, as far as um, getting the reason why you should rent or we get paid. Yeah,
1: that's right. Residuals are always nice. That's right. Last week, I paid you guys.
2: (laughs) I paid you guys again because we booked this episode here. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, we we ran into each other uh, doing uh, random set jobs. And we were yep. in the same place on, what was that? We were on a lot. We were on one of the lots.
3: We were Warner? on one, yeah. Um, well, we met, I think we talked about this, it was about three other times that we met on the set. I think one, the one I remember, um, I think that you might be talking about, is it the Will and Grace set? Was it that one? Oh,
2: we worked together on that one. Yeah.
3: Yeah. 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 Uh, no,
2: but I mean, uh, when we decided, when, when the other day we decided to get coffee and Oh, everything.
3: yeah, yeah. We were at uh, Monk Shots.
2: Yeah. We went to
3: do the mug shots. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. fun. Yeah, but that was quick.
2: Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. Those are the great jobs. Like, uh, if you're... Uh, I always talk to my friends who are up north, you know, a lot of folks up north. Uh, who are in the theater community uh, check in with the show, uh, and we love that. But I always love to tell them how it kind of is and dispel the you know so how mis-
1: glamorous it is to do mugshots. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, well, the,
2: yeah, the, exactly. The random jobs that you can get are so funny and so cool. You and had, so yeah,
3: you had to see Jimmy, though. I mean, I'm just sitting there, and Jimmy had it, he had his back story of his character. I mean, literally, the mug shots was only that's right less than three minutes. Hey, I'm a real actor. He was giving all the faces of each moments and still playing it for laughs. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Backstory, backstory. Important. Yeah,
1: at any level, backstory is important.
3: Um, first of all, um, thanks for having us, Jimmy. Um, second of all, um, a question. Yeah, I heard the show. I'm I'm here to interview you. First off, Well. And <laughs> no, but go ahead.
1: That's well, Greg, I, He turns the tables. That's right.
3: No, I heard the show. Um, I, um, I think about two episodes that I've heard, and one question is, the name of your show is L-A-F-A? A-F. 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 That's right. What does A-F mean? As fuck. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much.
1: <laughs> you, should a, you should put a C in there at Cool well,
3: how'd, ha- yeah. how'd, how'd you come
2: up with that? Um, well, uh, I, I was having some fun with the, um, I was having some fun with the uh, uh, A-F thing you know as it was because everything was af for a while there these little acronyms and these little things that that come along in uh, on your social media and your pop culture and everything uh, they really only last for three and a half seconds.
0: Yeah, yeah. you know.
2: Yeah. So this was the three and a half seconds yeah. when I was setting up the podcast and everything was AF. You know, like, uh, like autofocus.
1: Love- is that what it was? <laughs> I'm a camera guy, so <laughs> <laughs> autofocus. It's but, like uh, Los Angeles autofocus.
2: Uh, Lee Anthony Smith is a hammer, and everything looks like a nail to him. <laughs> <laughs> this is so true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, so, so then I thought, hey, what could be more LA Than somebody who is not from here.
3: <laughs> Which who, is almost everyone.
2: Right? Yeah. Who just moved here and who has gigantic expectations that are never going to be met. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so so well, that's the point.
2: There we <laughs> go. Yeah, exactly. It's the town of big yeah. dreams. Yeah. Um, to see them get crushed. So thereby yeah. was LAAF born. And uh, yeah. And yes. uh, thanks for asking because, you know, I don't ever get to reset that. <clears throat> I'm not smart enough, uh, you know, to do regular resets of my concepts around here. <laughs> <laughs> How long... Let me just start uh, with you guys and your story, because uh, you guys are writers, directors, um, uh, uh, Greg, you do some acting like I do, Lee, you do some, uh, some visual art uh, in terms of post-production, uh, and you do a lot of camera stuff. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, it, it's funny. Uh, years ago, when we were in Chicago, because uh, we've known each other for many years. I guess we uh, we we met. We were actually DJs at a at a nightclub in uh, in Chicago about thirty years ago, and so uh, we met there while we were actually in, still in school, and um, you know, I was there getting my master's, and uh, Greg was getting uh, his undergrad, and we were still in film, but because you know, we were in two different. Things uh, we never really crossed paths at school, but yet we met at the at the club, and uh, uh, it's it just one of those things that we were both martial artists, and at the time I was doing some acting too, so we were both actors, and we just had a lot in common. We loved martial arts, we loved the Hong Kong films and uh, how
2: soon movies. How soon did it start happening when you guys start you know when you guys start having conversations about like uh, 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 martial
1: arts films and action films?
3: Frustration.
1: Uh, think, yeah. Right. You know, because yeah. as an actor, we were just frustrated and not getting the roles we wanted and things.
3: Really, the it's funny, too, because at the club, you don't know who's going to work there for how long or whatever. So we didn't particularly like each other at first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know,
1: it was it was it was the beginning of any romance novel. Yeah, right. You know, you know? You
3: know? <laughs> he, was the, he was the top <laughs> DJ. I was the new guy. I was the rookie. You know, I asked him to play this song. He gave me that. Yeah. In you a know, work environment that
2: like that, that's the policy, though. You can't Absolutely. let in the new guy. No. <laughs> like, the hey, new guy has got to earn thank their you. stripes. You've got to earn it. Yes. Exactly.
3: So I was just like, and, and the irony was I was in the closet. And I only mean that because I was actually working in the closet because I was selling shots. <laughs> um, I just want—I wanted to clear that up the moment I said that. But so I'm selling shots in the closet in um, at a club, and he's DJing. And it was just like, hey, you play this. And it was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when, like, when I get around to it, yeah, you know. Exactly. I, just, <laughs> right. like, I remember walking back and going, "What an ass!" Right. All right, pal. Good luck. You're your kingdom here. Uh, and yeah, um,
2: you missed the memo on how the new guy is supposed to act. Right. Oh, apparently.
3: <laughs> but um, we both went, like you said, we both went to the same film school, and I, I, which one? Um, Columbia College. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And um, I was watching um, Once Upon a Time in the West, and it was like the first time that I've seen it and I was blown away by it. And I knew he was an, into film, and I think when I mentioned it to him, because I figured, okay, if anybody probably have seen this movie, this Western, he has. Not only has he seen it when I brought it to him, he's like, you've seen it, I own it. Yeah, Oh uh, yeah.
1: We, we, we talked for probably... Hours after that, that that evening after I got off my shift, we were like hanging out at the bar, having some shots and talking about about Sergio Leone, uh, Sergio (laughs) Leone, Michael
3: Mann, Alfred Hitchcock. I think the first film that we actually saw while we were in Chicago was um, um, Cape Fear. Because I remember at that time, I think a couple of years ago, Goodfellas came out and Mm. I remember telling them, oh, it's like the greatest mob movie since The Godfather. And then it was like, oh, okay, he's got another one coming out. We saw Cape Fear. I got there early. He was already sitting at a front seat when I got to the theater. And I knew, I said, you know, I'm never going to, I'm probably going to be knowing this guy for a long time. And it's been 30-something years later, we've been working together and written. How many screenplays have we written?
1: Uh, Over 20. Uh, 20-something, and God knows how many
3: treatments and story ideas
1: and stuff. I mean, we got tons. It's funny, I was uh, backing up some hard drives the other day, and I was going back through some of these old stuff, and I shit you not... There are stuff there I don't even remember we wrote. I'm like, Click. yeah, and, and, and yeah. it's funny because I was going to say, God, that's a pretty good fucking. You, thing. Go back <laughs> yeah. yeah, we yeah. got to do yeah. that idea. Hey, that's yeah. when you know it's good too, though,
2: right? Yeah, When, yeah. when, when it's sat there for yeah. like you know six months years. a year, twenty years. No, we've fucking had stuff,
1: We've had some of this stuff for Whoa. twenty years has been setting. And, and then can,
2: you reread it though, and you're like, oh, hey, not that yeah. bad. Because yeah. yeah. there are those ones that you reread and you're like, what? The
3: well, yeah. Why is this? Well, you know what's funny? Never, never, never with us. Yeah. no, really, though. Me. I write a They're lot. All of them. We're They're all UG. brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I thought we were talking about us.
1: I have files full of them. <laughs> well, you know what's funny was, and this is ironic, but I'm looking over the old ideas, and I hate to blow my own horn, but I will. The ones that were original were awesome. Yeah. The shit we had to do for the studios right. sucked. Because you had to fall within some parameters.
3: That they yeah, yeah, yeah. Well,
1: they'll do. They'll give you this yeah. parameter. Then you'll say you have to do this you have to have this beaten, this up beaten, that kind of thing. Which so. is
3: which is really interesting because Noir, the feature film that we're working on that you're a part of, um, was actually um, one of our old treatments that we found. Um, it's been around for about twenty years. Yeah, twenty years. Yeah, and we wrote wow. the treatment. And I think it was about a what's it? Almost eight years or a decade that we found it. I <sighs> thought you know. We should go ahead and actually write well, this. Well, we used to pitch it. Good. We were
1: pitching it around uh, to the studios for a while. And, uh, you know, it, it actually, we got close at DreamWorks uh, setting it up. Uh, we went all the way up to the top, to the, you know, the president. Not not to Spielberg, but to
3: to the president of no, the company. He, Spielberg had the final decision. Yeah,
1: and of course, Spielberg's the one that turned us down. Uh, <laughs> he went with the well,
3: other well, guy. Even he get went get with the far. other guy, right? Yeah. yeah. We uh, went that far. Yeah. That's to the point awesome. where, where UTA was like, well, well, I mean, they knew they were going to hear the news that day, you know, so it was like that hour before we heard the news we We're pacing back and forth like and they said Spielberg's looking at it and it was between our treatment and somebody else's. Wow. And, and of course yeah, I went to the other one, but uh, yeah. Talk about yeah. Heartbreak City. Well, but, 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 but yeah. I, but I, then again, well, if had we have done it, made it with Spielberg we wouldn't be sitting here talking to you. Exactly. So, uh, as a matter of fact, why didn't that happen?
2: <laughs> it was all the glorious road to yeah. LAAF, yeah. the podcast. Yep. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. Well, what, what was funny about that, though, is like we're thinking, OK, it's a good pitch. You know, it's a good idea. We'll, we'll still be able. To, and it just kind of went away. And then we uh, we had it sitting on the shelf for years. And uh, I would think that uh, you would that that
2: having pitched it th- at that high of a level, you would be in the perfect position to,
1: to s- to sell it at a level just slightly below that, right? You, I you mean, didn't you? You would think, and well, that's I... kind of how we saw it. I mean, right. we saw like, oh, somebody else will love it, or somebody else will want it.
3: But that, I, wish... I mean, the film industry yeah.
2: never ceases to well, amaze I, me. I, so,
3: <laughs> no, I'll, I mean, I'll be honest. I, I don't know about you, but I, I think at that point, I didn't want to look at it again. Really? Yeah, well, because when you get that close to, to the sun. Yeah. Like, I mean literally you're touching it. You could see they say yes. That changes your life. And from that point on, you're thinking this is finally gonna happen. This is gonna happen. And so of course when it doesn't, you're just because we had to it's work, demoralizing. we had yeah. to work on that treatment um, for about forty eight to about a week to forty eight hours or almost a month within. You know, once because we had to pitch it to DreamWorks, mm-hmm. then they called us back, and then we had to pitch it to the president, and that was nerve-wracking as it is. And then after that, then it was like, okay, can you send us one more thing? This time we're sending it right to the top. Yeah. And now it's when our agent at the time, who wasn't really talking to us that much, but then they were like, hey, guess what? DreamWorks is interested in something you guys have, and you know, we're interested if if it sells.
1: Yeah. Right. And it didn't. But you know, I mean, we've we've. You know, I mean, it's, it's the nature of this business, and our story is probably like a thousand other ones. I mean, we, we've we come so close so many times, and it's just that yes or no at the very top that will either make you or break you, you know, and the irony of war, you know, was we, uh, we wrote that script. Uh, originally, the, the script was called Rogue, and we wrote that specifically for Jet Li uh, because, uh, you know, we had a project set up years before that he was attached to, and... You know, we were going through some tough times, and Greg and I was just sitting there and going, "Well, you know, um, you know, remember that that idea we always had that we wanted to do like a, a, a Asian Godfather, you know, like a like a war between the yakuza and uh, and the triads." And
2: uh, wait, so war comes after this pitch of noir? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Wait, years after. Is noir yeah. called noir when you pitch it this time?
1: No, it was called Night of the Creeper, I think, or yes. something like that, along those lines. Yeah, wow. um, that, yeah.
3: yeah it, I yeah. would say. Um, noir, the concept, has been around for almost 20 years. Yeah.
1: Wow. Yeah. So... Yeah. And, uh, we know, it's funny because every time we would pitch it somewhere, you know, you get the full... Because it, it's a period piece. It takes place in the late 40s, early 50s. Uh, it's, uh, you know, the idea was to shoot it in black and white, you know, in order to be, you know, true to the film noir yeah. you know, genre and everything. And, and the first thing... That you'd hear when we go in and pitch it goes. I love the pitch. I love the story. Now, can we do it in color and can we update it? Uh, you know, those were the first two things we get hit every single time. It's like, do we have to do it in period? Do we have to do it in black and white? And we're going. It's kind of the point. Yeah, you it's know? our whole gimmick. <laughs> it's the point of doing it. You know? Yeah, um, it ceases to be what it is at that point, right? If you, if you, uh, well,
2: whoever made Schindler's List and the artist, you know, had yes. to just fight that same fight for the whole period of production. Of Completely. Like, you
1: know, you know, <laughs> and we knew we said, well, yeah, you know, but you know, it, it's not going to be the Avengers. You know, you're not doing a film that's going to cost you three hundred million dollars, and you got to make you know a billion dollars at the box office. Well,
3: remember though, when we were pitching Noir, the Avengers weren't even oh, around. Oh no, it the wasn't comic like book that. Franchise yeah, franchise wasn't it was even, a dream at the time. Only you know? DC yeah. was going on, but uh, we love classic films. We love black and white movies, Um you and mean, I never understood why. People don't, there are a lot of people who don't like black and white films. I don't get it. I don't like those people. <laughs> I, don't like them. I don't.
2: You like guys them. Uh, together are uh, an encyclopedia of classic films. I mean, um, you know, I, follow these guys on social media if you're listening in because, no, I mean, honestly, because uh, they bring back some of these like, uh, you know, uh, themes and these iconic like reviews and these like, they're always kind of sharing around some stuff that like is. You know, I mean, some a bunch of it's stuff that you know and you've heard of. Like, we've been talking about Goodfellas. We've been talking about Godfather and, you know, and classic films people have heard of. But some of the, you know, stuff you guys have introduced me to in terms of, like, Hitchcock and stuff like that is, like, you know, stuff I didn't know existed, you know? Yeah, and, yeah. You, 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 you know, you guys just know... Everything about everything. <laughs> we try. Uh,
1: <laughs> we got nothing else to do with our lives. <laughs> and,
2: uh, well, hey, but that's the that's the uh, that's the language of the land here. Well, you, you know, know what I
3: mean. Yeah. It's funny because I share my love of cinema through my mom, because my mom and mostly my mom, more so than my dad, would sit me down and watch movies with her, and a lot of times I got. Into The Godfather because she said, You got to watch this. You watch all the. I grew up on the pop culture stuff Batman, Green Hornet, all that, you know, that stuff. But the serious movies was the ones like, Okay, you got to watch this. This is real. Yeah. You know, and that was back at a, at a time where they played The Godfather on television and um, they played it in chronological order. So part one and part two was. Edited as one miniseries almost. chronologically, right? Mean, wow, yeah, yeah, I know. And so, I didn't know for the longest time it was a Godfather part two. So, when I heard they were talking about doing a Godfather part three, I was just like, Well, wait a minute, what about part two? We skipped one, and it was like, No, <laughs> it's, you saw it on television, part two is now cut into part one.
2: Well, whoa, 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 and so, in that, in that. When it showed like that, would you see? You would not see end credits. You would not see beginning no. credits. And no, wow. no, they
1: edited together to where you got the Godfather and Godfather Part Two. But see, you know, if you've seen the Godfather Part Two, right, it goes back and forth between you know the you know Don their Vito present Coleon's and their past,
3: right? Yeah. And it shows them coming to America. So how they would lay it on on television was that they actually showed Godfather Part Two first. Yeah. So you see young Vito coming. You know, to New York, to America as okay. a kid. And they run all and, that. And, and they pretty much ran all the past stuff. Then it would go to Godfather, where now you get the Marlon Brando Godfather. Right. And all the way until you get Michael taking over the family. Then they would turn around and show Godfather Part Two, and it would just be the Michael Saga storyline. Right. And that's how they had it. And because it was, they put it in chronological order, it was just one big Godfather miniseries.
1: That's
2: fantastic.
1: I know. Yeah. It's actually really interesting if you ever yeah. you get a chance to see that version. Yeah, because they actually show you extra scenes. They throw some extra scenes. I think maybe fifteen minutes extra. Really? There. Yeah, yeah. So, so what, in order to be able to, you know, to I don't know if they reshot anything there, for, but it, it's it's uh, it helps they had to the have gaps, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they had, the had to have stuff. They were There's itching. A, probably it. a ton well, of stuff. Yeah. Had. You know
3: what's funny? Even your great classic films. If you ever look at the the extra footage, and sometimes I have footage for television. For example, Halloween. Had um worst
1: extra footage they had ever the,
3: absolutely because yeah. they they bought the, the original film the first yeah, one the very first yeah. one yeah. they brought the John Carpenter film and they were going to put it on television, but they realized the film was too short. so they needed extra footage so they can they could hit that two hour slot with commercials and stuff. and man, it's so so TV. even the lighting was so television <laughs> and even and you can hear them talking about on their commentary on the commentary. You know, of like, well, they brought us in, and this is after Halloween's a hit, and now we're saying bad dialogue and bad lighting and <laughs> stuff like that. And it shows. It shows. Yeah.
1: Well, you know I, I guess you know one of the best uh, examples of really good editing, I think, is if you look at Aliens, you look at the theatrical cut, and if you look at the John uh, or James Cameron director's cut. Wow. I mean, I mean, I mean, you know, I mean, James Cameron will probably go to his grave saying that his version is the best. But for me, for my money, if I see the theatrical cut, it fucking rocks, right? It's like beginning to end. It's like, it's just nonstop.
2: Uh, But,
1: uh, you know, it's a lot of extra stuff in there. And it's a really great experiment to see the original version that went to the theaters and didn't go back and look at the director's cut because you can see where the pacing of the movie just dies. dies. I yeah. showed my
3: god kids aliens for the first Editors time. Editors save directors sometimes. <laughs>
1: sometimes sometimes <they> do. <laughs> I, 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 I think it's a good thing and a bad thing, right? Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I think the editor can save a film and at there's, the same time they can chop it up too much
2: sometimes. i bet there's directors out there who are still mad ad editors who saved their film 20 years ago. Oh, oh absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> James can Cameron will it.
3: probably be one of them. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I had my God kids and I remember a while back um, they saw Alien and so it was like, okay, you gotta see Aliens. And so I'm boasting aliens up what i didn't realize is that they got the dvd that was the james cameron director's cut uh, so they actually show you stuff that happened if anybody's seen aliens they showed you stuff that happens on the planet and the theatrical version yeah you 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 didn't know what happened you didn't meet the people that were on there this had you got a chance to meet some of the characters that's yeah, on it had there had backstory and it had backstory right. and i mean honestly the kids were kind of like, uh, what's up, man? When's the aliens coming? I'm like, no, no, it's really good. Hold on. Why? Why did I get the do camera? You completely cam? ruined God. their aliens experience yeah. by
1: showing them the director's oh, gun. Oh, no. Yeah, I know.
2: <laughs> yeah, because it really just opens up and you're on the ship, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean pretty much. I mean, you, you see her coming back, you know, after being in hibernation for 50 years. And then, you know, they get the call that they've lost contact with the colony. Yeah. So they don't know what has happened, which is great because it sets up the whole mystery, right? And then they go and then, you know, you're from their point of view on.
2: So it's well, really discovery the whole time. Really exactly. discovery. And that's so what engages, right, yeah, right? You're right. engaged yes.
1: and you do lose something, that mystery. Because there's something about mystery, I think, in film that you have to have in order for you to really be engaged. Whether it's a romantic comedy or a fucking action movie. Anything. Whatever. you got to have mystery, right? Yeah, yeah. So, But I think that what happened is when you showed the backstory of what was going on on the planet... You just kind of went, oh, okay. You already knew, so there was that. There wasn't that mystery. And it was even a if spoil. It Might be a minor thing, but yeah, exactly. It's like, all right, you know now what happened, so it, it what, kind of loses that. What pacing. usually
3: happens is that when you're writing a script, particularly for the studios, a lot of times you have to put that backstory in there because they want to make sure that when you're when you when they when they give that script to Universal or 20th Century Fox and the execs read it. They don't you don't want mystery when you're oh, reading god, a script. Oh god no. You yeah. yeah. want yeah. to know exactly what's happening, yeah. what's going on. Yeah. So eventually if you're a good director what sometimes happens is you get the you you now you get you get the green light, you know, because it's all in the script. Nobody's lost. Everybody knows what, what the character and the story is about. But then you turn around and you shoot it. But then, as you're putting it together, you start to recognize, and, and and the film really does come alive in editing. Yeah, that all that backstory you just didn't need because yeah. if you take that line of exposition out and you put it with a look, then all of a sudden it's much more interesting. It's or much cut more cut yeah. engaging. Yeah. Or yeah. cut yeah. to cut to
2: what happens to next. Yeah. what actually or happens, the yeah. mind instantly puts together the backstory. Yeah. completely.
1: Well, it, uh, perfect example is, and uh, I think the reason why it, whatever success we've had as writers, I think was we write as filmmakers. We don't really write as writers. We write as if we're seeing the movie on the screen and things like that. Right. And sometimes it gets us in trouble, especially when you're in a development situation. Sometimes. Or yeah, well, all the time. Let's face it. <laughs> it's a perfect example. We went in one time and we were pitching uh, the, the the scary movie. The scary movie. The Scarecrow. Uh, yeah, the Scarecrow. A... We, the Scarecrow idea. We were we were pitching right, and. Um, it's this really creepy idea. We came up, you know, with some really great fucking set pieces. You know, where it's just like just freaking scary, right? Oh,
3: no, no, hold on. Set yeah. it up for them because yeah. remember, we went in, into an office, and just to get an idea of what a pitch is like at a studio. Usually, you pitch it once, twice. If they really like it. Then they're gonna bring you back, and there's always more people. Always so more it might executives be, yeah, and it might stuff be, like that, right? It might be one person you pitch to or two. Then they bring you back. All of a sudden, there's four, yeah. and they're listening in the office. We got all the way to the top where it was a boardroom. Yeah, it was yeah. a table, and it literally had I think about eight people at least sitting, yeah. and the guy, the, the chairman, was sitting at the end of the table.
1: Right. So, so yeah, we're we're sitting there, and we're <laughs> there pitching you. it, right? So. <laughs> You're like classic. Uh, I just classic, walked uh, onto a so, film scene. Yeah, so we you know we're pitching this in and, and, and we there's a sequence where, you know, it's like and, and once again, you know, we're we're feeding off that mystery, you know, it's like what the fuck's going on, right? The idea was that the guy goes into the cellar and we show the guy walking into the cellar, he walks into the blackness and the camera just sits there. We don't go inside. We don't do anything. We just we just hold on that for a but, while, and we fade out. And no, we go, no, no.
3: Remember, yeah. when, when he goes in there, we, we, we sit on it, and then the door shuts. And close. the door shuts, right. Right, right. Yeah. right. The,
1: door, the door shuts. Well, then we cut to the next day, and he gets up out of bed, and he goes to his daily routine and stuff, but there's a little something off about him, right? Right. So we go through this whole thing, and it's all creepy, and then you start realizing. We start unfolding the onion as you go on. Well, the first question is, what happened in the cellar? <laughs> damn all it. Right. What happens in the cellar? And so you look at, at the guy and you're at, like, exactly. <laughs> well, <laughs> what our mistake, did happen in the no, cellar? You'll find was, out in two hours. Yeah, well, our mistake was, <laughs> who the fuck cares? <laughs> <laughs> what said. Yeah, what who, did who you? the fuck cares? <laughs> because we know it's
2: evil. That's all yeah. you need to know. What's important? Yeah. what's important about a character is that they change.
1: Exactly. Yes. And the, the fact Not of why, the matter really. is... Whatever evil was in there is unimportant because we know what kind of affected it. Because the minute that you start explaining the evil, it's not mysterious anymore. And because you, you take away its power, right? I mean, think about the exorcist. You know, if you look at the exorcist, you know, she's in, she, she, she's, uh, you know she gets uh, uh, possessed by this demon... But you really don't know that much about the history of the demon. No. You know, I mean, you, you, you see uh, at the beginning, the priest is out there in the middle of the desert and he finds a little thing, you know, in the, in the, in the sand, but, you know, Zuzu or whatever the hell his name was. Yeah, it's know? a foul mouth
2: demon. Yeah, that, yeah, but
1: that's about it. You don't yeah. really know that much about it, so we don't mm. go into that much detail. So our thought was, you know, some of the scariest movies I remember back in the, the, the 70s and the 80s, especially the 70s, ABC had this movie, The Week Every Week. Remember that? Uh, Back in the 70s, way long ago before, a lot of the people remember, but our generation we do. We're were old. old. We're old. old I'm right behind you. (laughs) 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 But ABC used to have this ABC movie of the week every week, and they would have these really dark, twisted movies with really, you know, really scary ideas that you they never really explained what the evil was or where the scary was and it just freaked you out. It worked like a charm. It works yeah. like a charm. And yeah. less is more.
3: Yeah. It's and- in your it's in it's in your imagination. And and the irony with the execs is that they don't have any imaginations when they wanna if they want a green light a movie, they want to know exactly what it is. And it wasn't that we didn't know what it was, we just didn't feel it was important to have to explain it. Yeah. Now in hindsight, you could say, oh, well, it's, it's, the, it's the father who was there before them who died and his evil spirit took over. So obviously he was waiting for anybody that possesses the house that will come into the cellar so he can possess their body and then he can then grow the harvests on the farm. You make up that bullshit and then go, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so all we needed to know, yeah. No, no. Whenever yeah. you say, whatever you say, what's in the cellar? Well, what do you think's in the cellar? <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee you, not getting left.
2: <laughs> My temptation would be just to tell them the end. <laughs> you know, just be, just be like, "What happened when you went into the cell?" Well, we cut to the last five minutes of the movie. And it's like, okay, it's a short
1: film. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, it's it, it, it's crazy because, um, you know as screenwriters and a lot of people will know and there's a million screenwriting books and if you look online there's a million zillions how to write screenplays that sell and all that shit and all that stuff like that and which you know a lot of it's kind of good information to know but what the irony is is that we will bust our asses as writers and we will write it and we'll make sure our characters sing and that get all the development that they need and we'll make sure that our plot points happens on page 10 and 25 just like they say it's got to right. do and, and we every go line of dialogue yeah. says something yeah, about the character exactly, yeah. You know, <laughs> well, every, everything, you know, every beat of the movie all the way to the end is just fucking spot on. Yeah. And you set it up and you sell it. And the first thing they do is blow the fuck out of it.
3: Yeah. Well, yeah. actually, yeah. Jimmy, you worked on our set. Yeah. yeah. You tell us. Um, You got a hold of some dialogue that we written. What did you think? Uh, it, was, it
2: was styled what it was. And so I felt really good about it because I knew that style, you know. But mm-hmm. also what... To me, what's important in getting a piece of writing as an actor is, do I know immediately what this, what this passage, line, et cetera, a film, whatever, is trying to convey to the audience? Like, that's right, my only right. relationship is, right. like, will they get me?
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, it's
2: it, and and that's the point of the like you know I mean every job on a set is singular like that you know yeah uh, the cameraman is sitting there going if I'm high what, what will it say what will it say what will it say you know and to me it was it was great to get uh, it, it was great to be able to just know exactly what the scene was about without having to tr- pick through it and stuff right I was talking to Lee about some of my film school buddies and some of my like short films that I've been in and stuff. And that's when I have to do that work, you know, is really, you know, it's not even that the writing is not good. It's good and it's fun. And I'm, you know, and I like doing the project, but at the same time, it's not the type of writing that explains everything right away. Right. You know, that it comes off the page and you know exactly where you're at and you know exactly who you are. Mm -hmm. Well,
1: now, you, when you came on board, though, did you ever read the script? Did you ever read the whole thing? Before no. You, okay. Well, what's interesting about you, though, see, you and Grace came on board mostly with an improvisational sequences of, of, of the movie. Because we had written, basically, that they were watching a musical on... on, on on screen, but oh you, yeah. But outside of that, it's, no, we just, made up yeah. a bunch of stuff. yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, oh, oh yeah. It was brilliant. And oh, we were yeah. so we were so like you know, I I got I mean you know I just got to like take time out and say you are a brilliant motherfucker. You and Grace are like <laughs> like amazing, and you guys were awesome, and we were so grateful to have you on board.
3: And very well directed, yeah, with yeah, some yeah. incredible <laughs> dialogue. <laughs>
1: uh, but when you guys came on board and stuff, and uh, and and you walked through those scenes, and you know, I mean, there is an understanding of that. Era you know the 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 nineteen fifties, early late 40, uh, late forties, early fifties, and the musicals and what was going on in that time. And you guys really, you guys really picked it up and really ran with it.
3: As know? a matter of fact, you're partially responsible for the length of our film. Yeah, so really. The, the film yeah, because a lot of the
1: improvisational stuff we kept in, which yeah.
3: made our film longer. Yeah, yeah. it's <laughs> almost <laughs> a three hour.
2: It's almost a three hour epic. Well, yeah. hey, let's go back to that because because um you shelved it. I mean, for all intents and purposes, you guys didn't interact with this film for how many years? Uh, uh, over, a about, yeah, about over a, 10 a decade. yeah, about a years, and then yeah. we
1: decided, to, I think, to write it about say about maybe eight years ago. We yeah,
3: and again, it was it was a, it was one of those things of cleaning out the closet and going through, and that's when you found all the ideas that were yeah. written, and uh, and then that you found the the noir treatment.
1: Right. And yeah, it, and then I said, let's let's fucking do this, man. This is yeah. an awesome story. Why not why haven't we written this? So we wrote it with the idea of just to sell it. You yep. know, we yeah. We were going to write the script, and we were just going to sell it, and... You know, once again, though we came to the same problem. You know, every time we showed it to some of the people in the industry, they, they go, wanted to ruin it. Well, you know, they they say, oh, "I <laughs> love this script. This is so good." Why but is now, it period? Yeah, yeah.
3: yeah, why is it period? Well, you got to you want to shoot in black and white? Black and, and then, white. Why? Why would you put the title noir in as your title? And nobody understands what oh, that is. Yeah. You, know? you don't want to make money. Yeah. there was a theme there, and eventually,
2: when would we, you say it's mostly that that led you to shoot it yourself
3: pretty
1: much yeah well I mean, yeah, that, I, and, yeah well, and the fact that we knew we'd have to change it so much that it would cease to be what it
3: is right you know I and think, you wanted to make it you wanted to make what well, you had I mean, written I, it was out of necessity it was out of the fact that we weren't doing anything and after a while we we just finished the documentary on albert s Ruddy and that was kind of sitting on shelves until we figured out what to do with it and that, it took us a while before we realized hey wait a minute we're under the fair use act we can actually sell this and still be okay. Nice. And we wanted to make films. And I think as our... Us as writers was never... The, I think the reason why we've always struggled in Hollywood a lot of times is because our, whatever representation we had, we were always saying we are writers, directors. We're not just writers. And a lot of times people want to buy our scripts, and we said, no, we want to do this ourselves because we had a singular vision. So when it came to noir. It dawned on us that, look, um, we knew somebody that had a studio, and we realized that if we can find a way to start auditioning and shoot it, it's a detective story. The detective usually talks to one person at a time, and they, the studio had Quest Pictures, um, where we were shot the entire film, has a green screen, and they have sound equipment, you know. Um, we knew the people there, really good people. And I worked there. So yeah, and, yeah, right. and he works there. And a couple of them are producers on our film. And it just became this whole, okay, let's just go for it. And when we did the audition and you know, we had like three hundred people, four hundred, we had it was so big of people coming in because they got a hold of the material. And then after that we we're like we start picking people left and right. Then it became, let's just put enough money together to shoot one, two days until we get an Indiegogo campaign. And then we got that money, and we kept shooting, and we never stopped because we never had enough money to stop because we shot in an unorthodox way, and money usually gets in the way.
2: Well, and how, you know, it would would necessarily change it. Like, if you shot it in your style and did it the way you were doing it, you know, um, and then all of a sudden threw a bunch of money at it or sold it to someone the work that you had done thus far would be, you know, oh, yeah. of, of course, because yeah, the style yeah, wouldn't yeah. match the no. whole, the whole right. deal wouldn't Absolutely. match.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, so, so it's I, like
2: I'm, you actually have to commit to one or the other at the exactly, beginning. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, well, what's the point at which you have to commit to that? Desperation. I'm
1: just interested it's in that desperation, moment. Desperation, Jimmy. I'm, I'm,
3: I'm, I'm <laughs> tell, I know what you're talking about. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you when it changed, at least for me, and then okay. you can you, right. can you can chime in on this. Mm-hmm. But for me, it was when we got the footage back of the of um, the Freddie, um, yeah, the Freddie, the Freddy scene. scene. Yeah. And once we got the, the film back, because up to that point, I'm still thinking, I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes you got go to go through the motion of doing it, even though in the back of your mind, you're not sure if this is going to work. Is it going to yeah. be one of those, oh, good attempt. Oh, right. Look at you.
2: It's so cute. That's you, cute. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Trying. The, like before, when
3: the film was a treatment. Yeah, know? it was a treatment. Yeah, you yeah know? exactly. And the one thing we, we always said is, look, we don't want to go through this only for somebody that says, okay, now do you want some real money to do it for real? Yeah, You know, no, we wanted to do it, but you're not sure if you're doing it until you get the footage back. And when we did the scene with um, with Freddie, and I, I remember I was sitting, and you showed me the cut version. The cut version, yeah. And we had music. And once I, we had the music attached to that, it was the only music we had in any of the footage. Not only did I know, and one, it looked great. But not only did I know that we can do this, but I felt like, but we could do it even better, and that's when it changed for me. And then from that point on, it became a quest. Yeah,
1: well, no, no, you? When, no I know. Mean, was there
3: a moment for you? I, I never knew,
1: uh, honestly. <laughs> I mean, seriously. I mean, there, there were, there, were, there were, you know, because. We were in an interesting situation where we didn't shoot this movie all at once. We shot it on weekends when we could get everybody together and sometimes we'd go a month without shooting. Right. And then we'd pick up a weekend or two and then we'd shoot it then and stuff like that. And we had I think 115 scenes in that film. Wow. 115 scenes and we uh, you know we shot a couple of scenes a day, you know, but at the same time, you know, uh, we shoot on a Saturday and a Sunday. And that's a lot of material to have to go through. So in essence, it, w- it really was, you know, when you're traveling down a road and you got the headlights on at night, you don't know what's really in front of you. Yeah. Except for the first like a hundred feet. Yes. Right. Yes. And, but you, you know that the road keeps going, hopefully, and the bridge is not out and you just yeah. keep on driving and you're hoping that you don't hit a roadblock or anything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah? So that's kind of how we were doing it. I, I mean, that's how I did it every week. I didn't know how I was going to shoot. I swear to God, every weekend, Greg would, and Greg, you know, I mean, I had to take my hat off to him because, you know, he was doing a lot of the producing uh, chores. So he would say, okay, I've got this scheduled and this scheduled, and I would sit there and go, oh, shit. Now i got to come up with the scene, right? Yeah, yeah. So I would try to figure out, okay, how, how are we going to shoot this? And, you know, what? What do we need at the studio and things like that?
2: They got to give out some kind of award, and Greg Bradley's got to get it uh, for like yeah, for no. like pushing the pushing the due oh, date
1: without a doubt. Because he would say, <laughs> because oh, you know, because he would re- recruit these actors and stuff, you know, you know from where he was working and things. And and I'd go, okay, we got to do this this weekend, so I'd have to come up with a game plan as for what to shoot and how to you know yeah. how how to use the camera and how you know how are we going to get all the shots in that we needed to get in. And a lot of times, you know, I would have these like just just freaking ugly ass storyboards that I would just sketch together, like, right. you know, literally minutes before we actually started rolling the camera. I'm oh, that's you know,
2: so much better than nothing, though. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. if you just kind of have a little, even if it's a stick figure.
1: Oh, that's all we were doing. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. all we were doing at all. You know, I mean, yeah.
3: literally going on sets, stealing whatever people I can find. Yeah. And it's not easy doing a period piece because you got to find people that have faces yeah. and that look like they belong in the time period and can, and, and can mildly act. You yeah, know, um, and where what, their
2: hair isn't like burgundy, or, <laughs> right? Yeah, oh, <Yeah.
3: laughs> no, that's why Grace was such a godsend because when I saw Grace, it was on a set,
1: Grace Bay, ladies and gentlemen. You know, oh, yeah, Grace Day, <laughs> everybody,
3: <laughs> let's give it up to a uh, friend of the show, yeah. <laughs> but no, um, she stood out because she was already dressed in vintage anyway, yeah. and just like, and I could have sworn when I saw her, it was like a spotlight hitter, you know, and I am went, Oh my goodness, wait a minute, this is perfect. But then when she introduced us to you, and she showed me your picture, and I think you guys were doing a dance number, in my back of my mind, I kept thinking, we got our ace story, and those are our principal actors. Now, the story takes place in in Hollywood, 1949. Um, It's about Hollywood, it's a send up. It's also a mystery, supernatural story. So we want to have fun, but you kind of need actors that can play the Hollywood version of themselves. We already have one of our principal actors in Vic Norman, but we needed one other actor or two that can still be the side supporting characters. When you showed up, I remember I tell the story all the time, because Grace was beautiful and she was perfect. She was, She was like my Grace Kelly, I I, I,
1: yeah, the Grace Kelly, G I always yeah. say like Debbie, Reynolds, <laughs> Debbie Reynolds, yeah, yeah she, like the Debbie she Reynolds, hit, she hits from, that
3: perfectly. Yeah. But then when I saw him in per, uh, and and when when I remember going to the studio and seeing you guys getting dressed, and I walked over and I saw Jimmy. Jimmy had his hair slicked back. He was in a tux. He was
1: Gene ago. Kelly, he man. Was, that, that's my first that thought face, of it was, was Gene I, Kelly. I remember thinking,
3: yeah. holy <laughs> shit. Yeah. It's like, this is we got, we, we, got,
1: we got singing in the rain right here on the freaking well, set, they, they right? <laughs> in rain. You can put him
3: in a war movie. You yeah. can put him in, I think I had your character's name. And I remember I just kind of ignored Grace. Like, yo, like, hey, Grace, nice. Who's the here? <laughs> you know, so no, you guys really came in. And in a lot of ways, you guys opened up the scenes and because of that it the movie did kind of grow and become even more than even what we thought it was going to grow
2: yeah there was i i thought that the that like the texture basically is kind of what i'm trying to say because of the personalities you know, of the like, uh, the one who always comes to mind for me is Wiggins, and I hope I'm not blowing. Well, no, no, right? no, no, yeah, no, yeah, no yeah. Yeah. spoiler w- alert! The, the, the dude named Wiggins.
1: Yeah, the film critic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah
2: just like I mean, the I, the that guy's. Uh, <laughs> give me give me his name again. Like we worked for two days on set.
3: No, no, no. no it was no. so long Rick ago. Rick Williamson.
2: Rick Williamson. Okay, right, and he plays yeah. this character, Wiggins, the uh, the uh, the film critic, the, who's criticizing the movies that Grace and I are in. Right, and <laughs> Uh, uh, Roxy and Joey are in, right? (laughs) Yeah. And uh, this guy is like classic Hollywood character actor like picked from central casting for this part. Like, you know, and and basically everyone was. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody was spot on. Pretty much everyone was. And that combined with uh, like uh, mainly like your plates, mm-hmm. I, th- I think, yeah. you know, like your mm-hmm. plates are what impressed me into the project, yeah. Yeah. you know, yeah. I mean, and what you had put together so far in terms of just the art of the project, you know, right. and it was like, wow, this is a, well, this is ask, a winning what, combo. Let's
1: ask you, because it's really, I'm always so interested what actors think about acting on the green screen, because when you're there, none of that's there, right? I mean, oh, yeah. you're you're there, you're you're acting in front of a green screen. There's nothing there really for you to... You know. And
3: and before you even get to that part, remember what you told me when you when Grace asked you if you wanted to be in the movie. Just you remember what you said. Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah,
2: yeah. I didn't. I mean, because. Uh, and
3: then you saw the pictures and how you reacted.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, I watched the trailer.
3: Okay. I, okay. You yeah. Saw the trailer. Yeah.
2: Yeah, uh, and uh, first thing, and um, because you know we, you know we, I was juggling you know all my independent projects and my film projects and nothing. You know, too big, but just already getting like to where you know how the scheduling is in this fucking city, right?
1: And and (laughs) let's be honest, let's be honest, there's a lot of shit out there. Yes. You know, (laughs) Uh, let's face it, there is. So, I mean, you know.
2: And so I'd already been past the like year buffer, maybe it was like six months or something buffer where it was like, I'll just do anything, I'll just do anything, you know? And so I checked out, you know, the Facebook page and, and especially the trailer. And I was like, holy shit, this is real. (laughs) (laughs) This is an actual movie, (laughs) you know? And Mm -hmm. like, and, and that was, that was when I was like, uh, you know, a hundred percent in and especially like I was saying before about the writing about like, you know, uh, like I showed a project to a professor of mine that was like this and he gave me this very criticism of like it does not announce what it is. Mm. You know it doesn't tell you what it is. And like you've watched Noir for like that trailer and mm-hmm. go, go Facebook uh, on Facebook um, Noir can be found at Noir the film. So so check that out and this very impressive trailer is there and so are tons and tons of very impressive stills. Um, and, uh, and like, like I said, just to catch you guys all up to, you know, we're in post on this right now. We're hoping to, um, finish by the end of the year. Yeah. The late, late 2018, uh, you know, that neighborhood is when we're going to premiere the film. And, um, uh, so what was I talking about? Oh, God damn it!
3: Oh, you were talking about looking, um, <laughs> you know you were talking about looking the at, at the, press, the trailer. How great we were as writers right. and yeah. how Greg Brady yeah. and Lee
2: Anthony Smith are legends. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but I mean that's what you know. Uh, that, and then
3: that's what got you involved. And then you worked on the green screen. And then what? That and experience. the thing is,
2: I thought that that was fantastic for theater actors because you've worked on what's essentially black screen a million times you know you've yeah. put together a play and you you realize from the outset that the only thing that the audience is going to have to to put it, uh, the story into context is going to be your acting and maybe some costume that you can put together you right. know or that costume department hopefully puts together you know, and so I thought theater set us up for that really well. Yes. We've tried to do other things that are sort of like uh, sketch type of things, news show type of things where we do our own green screen, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it's something that's tough to perfect, you know, yeah. like we've never done our own green screen project that's, you know, that quite has its shit together like Noir did mm-hmm. um, because of the fact that, you know, I think me and Lee were talking about this earlier. The pieces that you put together in post tell you like this this what you need when you're shooting more mm-hmm. than anything it's like mm-hmm. you learn that lesson and um and the two of you guys as a team came at it with basically so much pre-production you know n- knowledge you know and I realized it was light on pre-production you mm-hmm. know like you mm-hmm. just said you were right, putting right, it together right. the week of
0: right yeah. you know
2: but at the same time you know, you did know what you wanted out of it and you did know, uh, you know, you did know how you were going to put it together, you know, and it was just, you're wise, we're wise enough to just be dealing with that piece. Yes. Yes. We were very confused. Oh, I, 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 yeah, I can imagine. I mean, your actors were almost always confused because they had no context.
3: Yeah, there's no No context, especially we didn't show the whole
1: script to a lot of people. That's,
3: that's how we like to direct, Jimmy. We like to confuse our actors. Like to have, put you all in the the dark and it's like, go for it um,
1: but, but this, actually sometimes that's kind of fun because you know sometimes we didn't know we kind of had an idea of what we wanted but how we were going to get there we didn't know and I think that was the fun of you guys improving and things because we got a lot of wonderful moments but, by just letting you guys create and letting you guys but do the what funny you did, moment but know? the funny
3: moment is I'll never get over with when we brought you back because again we brought you and Grace in to do the premiere night and it, it was only meant to be a bit these guys are so damn talented that they went on and went on and we, the footage we got back was great. So we brought you back again. And then when the Wiggins scene happened, when we actually found Wiggins, because we lost the actor to play Wiggins and we've been shooting for two years straight, no lie. And then, So it was about a year I was out of contact with the actor playing Wiggins, ran into him on the set, brought him in. I knew I wanted at least to try to get both you guys back, but when you, you were available, brought you in there, you guys start to improvise and improvise. And after a while with some of the other actors and they were also talented and they were also good, the comedy started to really come alive. But it was also kind of changing it into a whole nother movie. And Tony looked over at me as he's shooting and it's like, We don't have a lot of tape here. <laughs> well, no,
1: it's, it's, it's like, like, like I saw I, I kind of saw it, kinda go, What well, you know, this is going to be an eight hour movie if yeah. <laughs> we we'll keep on this. You know, you know and, but yeah. we kept shooting yeah.
3: because at some point we're just like, Well, if we know if it doesn't work it doesn't work we can always cut it you know, and it did a lot of stuff. We kept a lot, and some there's some stuff we can we can trim.
2: Well, right. and we found you know we found this this uh, C story that adds. You know, I mean, like I haven't seen the screening yet. You guys have
3: done a couple of screenings. Yeah, but I you're, promise you're, I'll be at the next you're, one. You're, Jimmy's been too busy yeah. for his own movie. <laughs> Talk about Hollywood over here. It's just like oh oh you're doing that. Oh, I'm performing a show. Yeah. Okay. No, oh, uh, uh, that date? No, I think we're flying out of time. Because yeah, it's we're real
2: fancy. I'm working my fifth yeah. job. Cleaning toilets.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's funny you said that about uh, about uh, theater acting because I really think that, you know, you said something there that I didn't really even consider, but we had some really amazing actors, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of them had a lot of theatrical, you know, theater oh, experience. Yeah, yeah. Theater, I feel like experience. a bunch of yeah. them did, yeah. Yeah, did. and I think too many times... I feel like
2: Andrew has some... Um, uh, you know uh, and Mays and those yeah, guys you yeah, know like yeah. uh, at least some because right. it's it's just apparent
1: yeah mm-hmm. and I think too many times you know we kind of get into a situation where it's like oh I don't know where I'm at or I don't know I can't really give you a full performance well y- y- like you said on stage you don't get anything maybe except a table and a chair and yeah. and yeah. The, the background is like you said black it's right? like acting class yeah. it's yeah. just
3: like how many times in acting class you're up there on stage and you're left with your own imagination and maybe a side or a script and then you got to make believe
2: well yeah. and it's cool because you play what's internal you yeah, know right. even if you're cartoony fucks like we were mm-hmm. yeah. like you just play what's you know play what's internal so we had all these great moments of I hate Wiggins and <laughs> I'm jealous <laughs> of her and you know and but, I,
1: but there's also something endearing about that too because you guys like you know once again you guys were making up your backstories and stuff that stuff that you know we didn't have the time to really relate to you or anything so you guys came up with stuff that was very interesting and you could see it you know transcend on the screen as well, awesome.
3: you, because you didn't get a hold of the script. So yeah. that's part of the reason the confusion. You didn't know, was, what, to no, know. Didn't know <laughs> what to do. You just listened to us and then you did it. And you just, and like you said, and you said something a while back when you said that I could only focus on really the here and now. Just the dialogue yeah. and how it's coming across. It's the only thing that I could concentrate on. And, and in that
1: case it worked like a child.
2: Oh,
3: it was yeah. perfect. Yeah. Well, and the sense of
2: the movie that I had already got, you yeah. know. And that was what I mean, that's what really was yeah. you know, when I when I think of the clear concept of, of the piece, it's like that's what that's what made it easy.
3: Well now what's your character's name on the film?
2: Joey Catalini. Okay. Cataloni. <laughs> right.
3: Now what's interesting because Joey is an up and comer. And he, he's, he's determined. He's going to be an actor. He wants to be a movie star. He's been getting, given a lot of breaks, But somehow, he finds ways to get into these really good parts. You know? But underneath it, he is paired with a, a more successful actor. Yeah. And the guy playing lead, Vic. Yeah. <laughs> I hate him so much. And, 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 and some of that insecurity. Uh, and he was also fortunate to, be with, uh, to have a, a talented co-star that he's working with. And I always felt that what, how you portrayed that character, I said, I, I wonder how much of Jimmy is Joe? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> because honestly, you did—you had very little time and very little that we've gave you, but you really, on the spot, came up with a full-flesh character, one that I totally <laughs> bought, completely. Even the way Wiggins dissed you, it was just, uh, but even before then, it was just, you know, when the, the character Wiggins shows up to your movie premiere, it's just serious. It's yeah. like the mob is here. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. royalty. So <laughs> how much is Joey in, you know, or Jimmy's in the joy? I think it was
2: the, <clears throat> I think it was the period of time, too, that, like, like, projects that I really, really loved mm-hmm. during that, like, the last few theatrical projects I had done, you know, were, uh, I mean, there was, like, a, a sort of a villain in there, but, like, the kind of a villain where he feels shit on. You know, and, like, that's, that's, I don't know, that's what I was carrying with me. (laughs) Like, the whole vintage thing and the whole, like, uh, way that, you know, both Grace and I and a lot of the other actors in this project were playing playing their characters spoke to, like, uh, uh, you know, stuff they were already good at, you know? Grace is already great at vintage, you know, and she can play those characters, and she's, like, putting together, like, a... Uh, what's her name? Betty Hutton show or, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and she's always doing stuff like that. Right. And at the time I was doing these characters where it's like, uh, you know, that villain I played was this like hurt guy, you know, and he <laughs> just chip on his shoulder, but whiny about it. Right. You know, chip on his shoulder and can't stop himself whining about it, uh-huh. you know. And that's like Joe. Joey's like that, too, because right. it's like who's luckier than Joey? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really. He's his girlfriend. Major movies, right? His girlfriend is literally a gorgeous blonde movie star. Yes. And yes. all he can do is whine that he's not Vic. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Which is what we all do, right? It's yes. like Why don't I have the success oh, the of this gra- other person, yeah. the great person? The grass know? is and always greener, and, it's, it's so and true, you're
2: right? never grateful yeah. unless you're consciously so. Right. You know.
3: Well, you know, that, and it's funny you said that because that inspired the, the the Vic moment scene. You know, towards the end of the movie where. Um, it was an idea of when Vic, when we were going to focus on Vic, it was like, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, we've got to have Joey there. And, and I just remember the idea of just like Vic keeps taking his lines. Yeah, <laughs> There yeah. you go, there you go. But <laughs>
1: there's, there's there, there, I mean, actually it operates from a lot of truth, right? Yeah, it operates yeah. from a lot of experiences we already had, you know, working in the business for as many years as we've had. We've seen that and we've experienced a lot mm-hmm. of that on our own. And I think that, and that's just, we were able to kind of, you know, what was that? More carth- carthed-
3: oh, yeah. catharsis. The catharsis. Exactly. Catharsis. Yeah. I love that word. <laughs> yes,
1: I wish I could fucking say it. Anyway, anyways, <laughs> uh, you know, it, it, it was uh, our abilities to, you know, to kind of put this into a 1940s, you know, 50s motif and be able to kind of get that out of our system, you know, these experiences that we've had over the years, but yet put it in that you know golden age of Hollywood yeah. uh, kind of thing, which it's not changed really in all these years. No. It's so pretty much fundamentally the same thing, what we all go through. So
3: NOR is really our insecurities that we just made into a screenplay. Yeah, and yeah. we turned 80. them into monsters. Yeah, well, we, our, we, we, our we made our
1: insecurities <laughs> into monsters. <laughs> you know? Literally.
3: Yeah. And it does show that. It shows, um, because... When I was listening to your podcast, just uh, a couple of episodes and talking about working actors and, and what do you have to do to survive in this town and all the things you got to do. And now it's not enough to be an actor. Now it's not enough to be a writer. It's not enough to be just a director. You got to be at all. You have to do everything. Yeah. One of the things yeah. that I found, the hardest thing that I used to think was just the filming of it and being shorthanded and filming this this movie with no money. Right. Actually, being on social media is harder for me because it's literally having to care about the likes and care about oh, you know yeah. are we, am I sitting there when's the best time to promote and when's not the best time and what picture right. do you do and all this stuff which is a twenty four seven day yeah. job because we have to promote ourselves so we can promote the movie.
2: Well, yeah. and especially as you ramp up toward release, you know, of of anything. Yeah. You know? Like I, when I <clears throat> when I released this podcast. I'm going to do some pictures and do some shout outs and put a Twitter and, put, you know, it's like. And, yeah, and hopefully oh, you get all? enough
1: people interested that they want to actually tune in. And yeah, that's, exactly. I think for me, I mean, I, I mean, I fall in this trap, too, where, you know, I'm like, oh, shit, you know, it's like I, I need I need more likes. I need more. I got to have more. And it's like it's like heroin or cocaine, I guess. Right. I mean, it's yeah. like it's like I'm Jones and I need more likes. But it has know? this it's it's more like food addiction. Yeah.
2: Because of the fact that you can't not do it.
1: Then, yeah, <laughs> yeah well, no. you, I, you got yeah, to, yeah exactly. Because like, if you're in a, like if you're a heroin addict, you yeah. can quit and be like,
2: fuck <laughs> heroin, I'm never doing it again. because <laughs> you're in too deep. Yeah, and yeah. If no you're a food addict, you can stop eating. No. you no, know, But you
3: can fast. <laughs> and, yeah. Yes. And, and, yes. and I've, I've done it. I oh. think there was like one day I went without it and I was patting myself on the back. Yeah, And then I kept going. And then the next day I'm like, why is my numbers Are not we bad? talking
1: about food or Instagram right you now? But no, it's so true because I find social media media, for me as a filmmaker, uh, a distraction. Yes. It's a total distraction. And, you know, I mean, the days, I mean, I kind of long for those days where we just sit and write and come up with ideas and things like that. Not on how are we are going to get a thousand likes on Instagram right. or how are going to get a thousand likes on Twitter and shit like that. I think
3: that... Uh, we spent a whole day trying to get into some of our accounts. Well, yeah, we've forgotten yeah. The <laughs> we forgot like, the password. <laughs> man, forgot the password. What the hell? Oh, we, man. How thing, we use
2: <laughs> one thing, up, and, Yeah, and we're close enough together in age that I share this with you is one thing that will never be is digital natives. No there, no, is a way, no. there is a way that people around 20, mm-hmm. 25 to, you know, uh, or whatever, like that they navigate about their smartphones and their computers that like, and I know I have friends that are in that, Age range that are laughing at my ass right now.
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> but, I, I'm I'm right with you. I look but at the it. The fact and it's is, like it, freak, it, right? it is
2: a different culture from one generation to the next. You know, and I'm pretty damn savvy too. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, oh, I'm yeah. into tech. I love software. I love learning all the. You know, what well, we're playing three different versions of three different kinds of software right now, just doing this show. And so, like, pretty savvy. But like, the way that like my buddy, who uh, I work with in theater, who's 25, the way he you know, goes about Instagram and you know his thumbs moving over oh, yeah. his like. I cannot do it. and, oh, I and just they're so fast, right? Oh, they're yeah. just I'll never so be fast. do. It. Yeah, it's it's a I whole just, language, and you're fluent in it or you're not. You know, I just learned and how to
3: work my story. On Instagram. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no. Let's be old dudes right now because I don't even
2: mean, know what it is. Like I don't even know what it is. Somebody
3: explained it to me.
2: I try to fucking look at somebody else's story sometime, and it's like a three second video of like them blinking, and I'm like, okay. That's your story? That's your story. Where's the narrative?
1: (laughs) 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 Well, you know, I I guess it's, you know, in in many ways, you know, it's the same old story. It's, I guess they thought the same thing about television when television was invented. I don't know. But I mean, Mm. it does seem to be kind of crazy as far as the distractions of uh, social media and things like that. I think it kind of damages cuz my even my attention spans now i'm finding getting shorter and shorter and shorter and i think when you're going to a film situation and and if if you're not doing a movie about uh, superheroes and you know a lot of white noise where explosions are going on every 5 minutes yeah. you're you're kind of in trouble now because i find myself even you know in a situation where I'm watching like an a, a intimate drama, uh, a movie that probably 20 years ago I would have watched and really enjoyed and really been captivated about, now I'm kind of like, I'm kind of sitting watching it and I'm kind of like tapping my feet now. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of finding myself a little bit more, um, saying, oh. okay, move on, move on, let's go. Where, where's this going? You know, one, kind of
3: one of our crusades is to bring back long-form storytelling where the scene can just sit, where characters can just breathe where characters can actually think without having the feel of having to rush someplace. Yeah. Because the goal always, always will be good storytelling. And go, And there's been movies that's been three hours long, four hours long, two and a half hours. I mean, most of your Marvel films are over 220, yes. 230. But because they have such huge special effects, people yeah. will sit there to watch. Well.
2: But when when the storytelling is done in a more subtle way, and it's not all special effects, and it's, I had a moment... Uh, uh I told you I rewatched War last week, you know, just kind of when you. we booked this, right? Thank you. And well, I, I get, I'd seen this when I was like basically when it was first released, mm-hmm. you know, and I remember loving it. And I think I saw it like one other time other than that. Um and then but then when I started working with you guys, I'm like these guys wrote that movie. I fucking love that movie. And uh now, and did so you yeah, know I,
3: that did you know that before you came and, and no. work with us. Huh. Oh, you found out after No,
2: me. I looked up your IMDb's like weekly late. Week late. <laughs> <laughs>
3: it's so funny. Who yeah. are these bozos? Yeah, I know. I mean,
2: it didn't make much of a difference to <laughs> yeah. me because right. I could, like I said, I could tell you guys were legit by your trailer, yeah. but like, you know, but but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I I remembered that movie so much and then I rewatched it and and what what I was saying is there's a moment like that, a few moments like that uh in in war where I'm like
1: just a shot, though, you know, mm-hmm. like, because that movie moves a mile a second. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, it is fat. It is. Sometimes paste. I think it also, I think it, sometimes it moves too fast for Oh, sure. So good. I, I mean, think, any, I think, it, you know, there's a lot of things in there that the pacing, I think, is really fast on that movie.
3: Yeah. Almost too fast. Well,
2: it's short because of that, you know? Yeah. It could have been yeah. 20 minutes longer. Well, you know,
3: <laughs> the script, the script, honestly, the script was longer. Yeah, the script was, was, longer. was, yeah, the yeah. Script was longer. longer. They edited down because they wanted it to be a certain time frame. Again, p- um, part of what we want to do is just be able to tell a story in the old traditional way of how people used to tell stories. If you looked at, I just saw recently um, um, The Great Escape. And that movie is literally about an hour, two hours and 40 minutes or something like that. Yeah. But I mean, there was a lot of stuff that was going on. There was a lot of great move, classic films that were there. Yeah, I'm sure. Maybe you can go back now and say, I, I can cut... 10 minutes or 20 minutes or I could shorten that film or whatever. But what I realized though is when I when those movies came out that I was transported into that world and that I was along for the ride. And I think we're kind of missing that. I think that we've become less about, we just become moviegoers and we don't get caught up in the journey. And I I for me, a lot of those classic epic films were about being part of the journey. Mm-hmm. And so in order to do that, you really want to care about the characters and you want to care about the world. And sure, maybe you're in there a little longer than you anticipated, but I always felt when it was over, it affected you in a different way than most a lot of movies that were an hour and a half or two hours did. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, what's
1: funny is, you no. know, I mean, you look you just look at the movies that kind of inspired us. I mean, Sergio Leone was huge inspiration for the both of us, you know. And Sergio Leone, I mean, has he, I mean, except for A Fistful of Dollars... Does he have a movie that's less than three hours long? I mean, almost all of his films are two and a half, you know? I mean, even though he made a handful of movies, but I mean, they were classics classics and they were amazing, you know? But I mean, you look at Once Upon a Time in the West, you look at, you know, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, and those movies are like three hours long. And it's like, my gosh, you know, can you imagine cutting? Why would you cut, you know? The
3: Godfather, I found out, um, was three hours long. I never knew that. I never knew The Godfather. That's what I'm saying. The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly especially.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Like... That's a movie, and, and 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 The Godfather, but, like, you know,
1: and I could think of several others that All your David are, Lean movies, you know, they were at least two and a half, three so hours long. So long, yeah.
2: and done so right that you don't even notice. In fact, yeah. you're hungry for more when the credits roll. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know?
3: You know, it's funny, too, because I remember being a... You know, when I was a kid, and I used to look at those movies, I recognized as a kid. I, they were long. And, you know, even the, I think as a kid, even with The Good, The Bad, The Ugly, it was... When are you going to get to the gunfight? When are you going to get to the gunfight? Yeah. You know, oh, somebody got killed, but then there's a whole lot of other stuff. Yeah. And Leone, as he started to move further and further away from Clint Eastwood, start to really develop his own style. And then his backgrounds were so like painting. So, Once Upon a Time in the West was probably my favorite out of all of the, his films. Literally but operas. I mean, yes. literally operas. There's so much opera. Yeah. So, as I've gotten And the older, greatest
2: wide shots oh, is in cinema. Incredible. <laughs> yeah, in cinema, <laughs> absolutely. In
3: and I just start to I think grown a better appreciation. And maybe it's a thing, when you get older, you just start to understand the work that it took to get that landscape and the work to, you know, what it takes to get people, you know, that that that, that stagecoach to move right at that moment when that guy's head sticks in the forefront. Yeah. yeah. You know? How many takes did that take? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so I mean you just start to appreciate that. And I, I feel it's and I'm sure you do too, That's it's becoming a lost art yeah. of doing stuff like that. Well,
1: also, I think, you know, there is, I mean, because if you look at a film like, a, you know, Once Upon a Time in the West or even A Good, and the Bad, and Ugly and, and even his earlier works, um, and you see this in David Lean and a lot of these guys that did these epic, you know, three-hour, like the Coppola, you know, with the Godfather and things is that, there are moments that the camera will set and the music will take over, and it's it's almost like a spiritual experience sometimes, you know. And I I don't mean really be flighty about that, but there is a kind of a spiritual experience that you have with the film, and you connect with it on a more soulful manner than you do with the more. I mean, I think films now today are just so analytical. Yeah, you know, it's like okay. You know, this happens here. You know, it, it's it's a formula that they've come yes. to now. It's a formula, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. It's like uh, this happens, and this you, happens, and this happens. And uh, within five or ten minutes, even if you're not a filmmaker, but just a film goer, you know what's going to happen. It becomes you predictable. It becomes predictable. stale. And I don't feel anything.
2: But it's
3: successful. Yeah. It's successful yeah. Because, yeah. It, you know? because, it, because I think the Transformers of the world and stuff gotten used to big Blockbuster special effects. And,
1: we like eye candy. We like going to amusement parks, yeah, right? I, I like l- it. I,
3: yeah. I, I love going on a roller coaster. I like in a Marvel yeah. film. But Me the, too. I yeah. mean, at least with the Marvel films, they do work a lot with story and stuff. And and some of the DCs, um, you know, Dark Knight will always be my favorite of the superhero films because it was the one superhero film that wasn't a superhero film. It was Heat. It transcended the the genre. Yes. And 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 yeah. it showed that a superhero film done correctly could be a great film. Yeah. And I and thought Logan did that in its own small way. No, no, I did. totally completely thought did. Logan yeah. did that, which really the, I'm so glad they got rid of that whole popular Academy Awards oh, category. What the fuck no, is bad that? Bad fucking news. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean <laughs> it popular. That's like saying well, you can't be a real movie if you're popular, you know? Yeah. It's
1: and I've been saying this for years. I the, the one thing I just still do not understand to this day is why there is not a stuntman category in the Oscars. I don't get it. No. Because if you look at all, all the great movies of our past, and even the great movies of today the biggest scenes involve stunt guys, right? I mean, there are stunt women, you know, I mean, there's stunt men, stunt women. There's like Oscars for sound design. Exactly. So why is there not one for fricking stunts? I I can work audition and get an Oscar, (laughs) but (laughs) but if I jump off a building, I can't get one. Exactly. I mean, die hard. I mean, remember fucking die hard. How amazing that movie is. You take the stunts out of that movie and you got nothing. nothing. you got nothing. But I mean, I mean, and, and we, we've been seeing this throughout, you know, history as far as, you know, way back in the, the stagecoach era, you know, uh, uh, you know when they were doing these amazing stunts with the horses and everything, and they never got the accolades that they really deserved. And I just, I just think it's so silly that the Academy would actually give a popularity award to a movie and not some, you know, more deserving areas of the filmmaking experience. I guess. Well, know.
3: that was a failed experiment. Best background actor. Why not?
1: Uh, Why not? Best best performance by (laughs) an extra. Yeah, I (laughs) mean us faces. Best Foley. (laughs) You
3: know, the people have got to make the sound with their mouth. Come on. Uh, Gentlemen, uh, I
2: propose um, that you stick around for a little while. Uh, and we continue the conversation, um, but we take a little bit of a break right now. You got sure, it. is that okay with you sure. guys? Okay, I'm cool. Some,
3: I'm gonna eat some of the M&Ms that
2: you brought. Yeah, eat some nuts, Greg. <laughs> this oh is um, this is by far the best crafty spread we've had at the podcast.
3: Yeah, <laughs> you went
0: all
2: out. My other my other uh, guests uh, will probably be uh, bugging me on Twitter and saying, "Hey, we didn't get any almonds and uh, and M&Ms." <laughs> Um OK, so uh, thank you for listening. We're here with uh, we're here with Greg Bradley and we're here with Lee Anthony Smith, uh, writers and directors of uh, war. Uh, we still got to bring up Watchcat and talk about that a little bit um, and all the stuff that you guys create right now we're gonna take a little teensy break and uh, one, uh, one cor-
3: uh, correction. Yes um, please? we just wrote war. we're a writer director of Noir. Right,
2: right, exactly.
3: but you guys are writers
2: and directors. That's right. Thank you. oh i i don't even know in los angeles in my journey so far basically if i would have been okay without greg bradley to keep me straight (laughs) i don't think i would have i think i think i would have moved back home by now
1: (laughs) keeps you honest
2: (laughs) all right so here we go we're going to take a little bit of a break and uh come right back and present you uh the second half of our conversation with greg bradley and lee anthony smith Uh, See you soon.
3: But first, listen to a word from our sponsor.
0: Hey there, ladies. Don't wuss out just because you're expecting. And don't waste your baby daddy money on Lamaze classes for soccer moms and pussy dads. If you are ready for an extreme, explosive Lamaze experience that will leave you ripped, come on down to Bronson Lamaze! Bronson Lamaze offers a hardcore program for parents-to-be who don't want to fuck around. You will breathe, you will push, you will get your baby-making muscles toned up, tough as nails, and ready for the main event. Other expected moms will be like, Holy
1: shit, how does she do it?
0: And if you think we're letting the daddies off easy, think again, pussy! You expectant dads will learn to encourage and support your life mate like a real man! Break the bondage of pussy parenthood with Bronson Lamonts. Call 1-888-BRONSON, 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 do it, pussies!